views and opinions of the following show do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. Is the Uncle Devin's show. Come on, Uncle Devin's show. Do you want to have some fun? Yeah, yeah. You want to learn something too? Yes, we do. Now, this is what you do. Tune in to the Uncle Devin's show. Do you want to have some fun? Yeah, yeah. You want to learn something too? Oh, yes, we do. Now, this is what you do. Tune in to the Uncle Devin's show. Gather around everybody. Welcome, good morning, happy Monday to everyone. I hope everyone is having a wonderful time. I am Uncle Devin, the children's drum cushionist, and welcome to another wonderful edition of the Uncle Devin Show here on WOL 1450 AM. And a wonderful weekend. I'm telling you, you know what? People can complain about the weather. They can complain about it being too hot or too cold, but... The day is a bad day is when I can't feel either one of those. So I'm loving the day. Today is a wonderful day. And today's show is brought to you by I Am We Nation, the first 24-7 online children's music radio station bringing global beats to little feet. Um, you can tune in to IamWeNation.com and tune in right now where we play music beyond the status quo, including hip-hop, uh, jazz, go-go, R&B, you name it. Uh, and this is for the little ones so that we can have a music program uh, in the community. So go to IamWeNation.com. That's IamWeNation.com. And had a wonderful weekend, as I mentioned, a very restful one uh, for certain. And um, looking forward to a wonderful week. This week, actually, I'm leaving to go out to... Uh, Seattle, Washington, to participate in a conference sponsored by the National Association of Independent Schools. Uh, and they have a uh, workshop uh, that um, actually have a conference every year. I don't know if my guest is familiar with it, and we'll talk a little bit about it, but it's called the People of Color Conference. And I submitted a proposal uh, for this conference. And from my understanding, of, you know, five, four or 5,000 people come out to this conference every year. It kind of goes around the country. And I have submitted a proposal, and they selected my proposal to do a workshop. So I am actually flying out not only to learn as much as I can, but to lead a, a workshop on racism in children's music, uh, liberating music for the black child. And doing my research for this was incredible. I think maybe when I come back, I'm going to also talk a little bit about um, the, the racism in nursery rhymes and the history of um, of music in general, but definitely children's music and how they use children's music to reinforce negative stereotypes, uh, to support their system of chattel slavery, um, and how those nursery rhymes still exist to this day. And many people don't even know uh, that we sing them when we when when we're teaching it to our children. And we'll talk a little bit about the impact of that. But um, if you tune into Uncle Devin's show, um, I'm going to be posting information on how you can actually listen to my presentation uh, live or online. And uh, it will be sponsored by the National Association of, In uh, of Independent Schools. Um, if you go to UncleDevinShow.com, if, and if you go there, if you hit the uh, join uh, the newsletter, I will make sure I'll be sending that information out. Uh, it's going to be a very um, wonderful uh, uh, experience for me. It starts at 10 uh, a.m., uh, I guess that's East Coast time, so that will be 1 p.m. here. And it's an hour, 15-minute workshop, uh, and it will have a wonderful uh, presentation through PowerPoint uh, that we, we, we will be sharing. But let me just also say that we did not only deal with the negative aspect of it, but we talk about the positive uh, ways that we as African people uh, used our music uh, to liberate ourselves. So you had two, two processes the negative that they were bringing about, but we used it for our positive experience, which is a great segue to my guest. Um, when we talk about positive music, positive experiences, and helping to uh, liberate people from all of our levels of ignorance, of um, I guess even our biases that we all bring into the world, um, my guest is... Um, Pretty much, uh, she's a, a worldwide lecturer, singer, composer, arranger, author, actress, uh, 
Um, <laughs> and I just found out a violinist. <laughs> <laughs> I want to welcome to the Uncle Devin Show um, none other than Dr. Y- I always mispronounce the name. Y- Yasei? Isei e- or... Uh, Isai. Oh, okay, Isai. Okay, that's how we pronounce Isai Barnwell uh, to the Uncle Devin Show. Welcome to the Uncle Devin Show. Thank you. Good to be here. It is an honor for you to be here. I want to first thank uh, the Wolf Trap, uh, I guess, Institute for Early Learning Through the Arts. Uh, My uh, good colleagues out there, uh, Laura and Nicole, for introducing me to you. And uh, it is an honor. I mean, I've been listening to your music in conjunction with others for years. I mean, going back to the 90s, um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first, uh, and for those who may not know, she, again, her resume is, is pretty enormous, but you might remember her from uh, being one of the members of Sweet Honey and the Rock. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about all that. But first of all, Dr. Marwell, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Where were you born? Did, did you grow up in this area? And if not, how did you end up in this area? I was born in Harlem, USA. (laughs) (laughs) The Harlem, yes. My father was a violinist Mm -hmm. and taught music Mm -hmm. um, privately. My mother was a registered nurse. Oh, okay. And um, my father is the one that's responsible for my name. Oh, okay. My first name is the last name of a Belgian violinist. Okay. So he was Eugène Isai. Oh. And I am Isay or Isai. You can say it either way. Okay. Barnwell. Okay. Isai. Wow. And he started me on an itty-bitty violin when mm-hmm. I was two and a half. Right, right. And I studied with my father all through high school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I had a, kind of an epiphany mm-hmm. that there were people in the world who couldn't hear I saw a play on Broadway about Mm -hmm. Helen Keller who couldn't see and couldn't hear. Wow. And I just, that to me was something I could not get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't understand. Right. Um, And so it has fascinated me all my life. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was thinking, how. Would someone who's been studying music and who mm-hmm. lives inside of music right. um, be able to convey mm-hmm. the beauty, the terror, the you know the comfort, the all of it that mm-hmm. music brings, mm-hmm. the history that music brings? Absolutely, wow! And um, so that's actually how I wound up as a speech pathologist. And and so let's let's continue in that direct, that vein we will talk a lot more about your music and all but i found that to be very impressive um moving in that direction so how do, once you came to that epiphany what would it what, how did you make that come to fruition you went to school did you decide to study it did you do it on your own first or how did that come about um in some ways i was misdirected mm-hmm. and i went into speech pathology or speech and hearing okay and and I actually liked it. I enjoyed it. But I never came in contact with a deaf person. Oh, okay. I came in contact with people who were hard of hearing, who mm-hmm. had hearing aids, et cetera. But that's not quite the same thing. Mm, right. And so when I <laughs> had finished both my bachelor's and my master's, mm-hmm. I thought, I need to go find mm-hmm. the thing that brought me into this field. Mm-hmm. And so I um, I started thinking about, just schools for the deaf mm-hmm. and programs for the deaf, et cetera. I majored in speech and hearing mm-hmm. in college and um, and began to make friends with people who mm-hmm. had never heard mm-hmm. the the things that I had heard mm-hmm. and loved all my life. Right. And uh, it just broadened who I was. How do you share music? Um, for those who may not know, how what's the best way to share music with people who may not who, who may be part of that community? Mm-hmm. Um, how was that a challenge for you to learn different ways to to share that with with the, the deaf community? Um, in a way, it was a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing is that people who are deaf look for vibration. Okay. And so um, if there are ways where you can allow them to feel music as it's being played, mm-hmm. um, at least they have a sense of the rhythm. Mm-hmm. Or you can enhance that in other ways, but they have a sense of what's going on. Okay. Um, the other thing is if there are lyrics, mm-hmm. um, if they read lips, then they can read the lips of the person who is with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but sign language, 
yes. became a really, really important thing for me to begin to understand. And I wanted to learn sign language, and, yes. and I did yes. learn sign language. Yeah. I, um, I've always wanted to. I mean, I've taken a class on it, and mm -hmm. I'll tell you my experience with that um, uh, shortly, but I'll let you go ahead and continue. Yeah. Um, what I realized is that sign language is such a body-filled experience yes, it really is that um it's facial expression it's hand and arm movement but mm -hmm. in terms of music you can include your entire body mm -hmm. and um i watched interpreters mm -hmm. for a while before i thought wow that's really that's really neat but in the mm -hmm. meantime mm -hmm. i had joined sweet honey in the rock okay and one of the things that got me to the group was that Bernice Regan, who was the founder of Sweet Honey, saw me signing mm. music at All Souls Unitarian mm -hmm. Church. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so when I went into Sweet Honey, I actually went in as an interpreter. Oh, okay. And then okay. they got it that I could sing yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and uh, and then, uh, you know, so there was a time when I was trying to do both, but you can't do both when there are five people singing. Mm -hmm. Who are you signing for? Right. And if I'm on the bottom singing, doom, 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 yeah. that's not going to make a, a person feel satisfied in terms of what's right. going on. Right. And so... At that point, I invited a close friend mm -hmm. um, whose parents were deaf and who had studied known sign language since birth, essentially, mm -hmm. um, and was a, a certified interpreter if she wanted to come and interpret for the, for the group. Okay. And then I became a full-time singer. Yeah, wonderful <laughs> history. Well, you know, uh, I played in a, j a jazz group called the Electroacoustic Band, and the uh, founder of that group, uh, John Lewis, uh, is, uh, he's been a, he worked at Gallaudet for years. He's an interpreter, still is, does mm. it? He's retired now from the federal government, but I learned a lot through him. And but when I was at working um, full-time at uh, Metro, I worked in the EEO office, and I took a class on sign language and I'll never forget when I, I had learned how to sign my name and say a few little little pieces here and there mm -hmm. but I went into a 7-Eleven and it was it was late at night and the lady came in she she only spoke sign language and mm -hmm. and she was trying to explain something to them wow. and it turned out that somebody I guess she was on a date someone just left her left her there I can you know after my communication with her and I was able to I had my business card I showed the people at the lab at, at the 7-Eleven my card as well as and I left it with them and she just needed a ride home she had no money or anything now you know my wow. heart went out so I actually um, was able to interpret to her my name um, at the time, which I can't do now because uh, <laughs> I've forgotten it. But it just gave me, a, you know, it, it helped me to appreciate the the things that the deaf community has have to go through. Mm. Even from the standpoint of even you can't just necessarily knock on someone's door unless it's hard enough. They have to have a different way, oh, yeah. you know, if someone's going to let them in. But we're going to take a, a, a break in one moment. We're going to go back to talking a little bit about your career. And let's. I want to find out what's the relationship between uh, all these things you just mentioned and how did you get to the, the school of, uh, of dentistry at Howard University? <laughs> You're listening to the Uncle Devin Show here on WOL uh, with my wonderful guest, Dr. Marwell. Um, we, we're going to be right back. Don't go anywhere. And welcome back. This is Uncle Devin, and it's uh, the Uncle Devin Show, and I am the children's drum cushionist with the Uncle Devin Show. Uh, and again, today's show is brought to you by uh, the IamWeNation.com. I Am We Nation, uh, the best in family music that, that brings you global beats for little feet. Uh, tune in. Support us. Let us know that you love us. Give us some ideas on what you what you love to have. And, and this music, you know, one of the first times in the history of this country that we've had a dedicated radio station just for children uh, uh, of, of African descent and beyond. So that's I Am We Nation. I Am We Nation dot com with two E's. That stands for Watoto Entertainment and Education. And I know you know what Watoto is. Watoto. Swahili words. It stands for children. children. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's come back to... Um, um, now, as you, you, you where, where did you graduate un undergrad from? Um, SUNY Geneseo, oh. uh, State University of New York, okay. way upstate. Oh, really? Eight hours drive outside of New York. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's got to be, is that close to the, the Canada border or anything like it, that? It, it's close to Rochester. To Rochester? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did not know. It, it, was, uh, it was an experience. Yeah, I can imagine there, that. There were only seven black folk wow. on the whole campus. Okay. And that, that was the max for the five years I was there because <laughs> I did both my bachelor's and my master's there. Now and that always is is an experience in and of itself. Oh, that was an experience. Yeah, I mean, in terms of your level of consciousness about yourself, how did that? How it grew. How, I was gonna say how <laughs> and why. Yeah, people want to know why, but it, that, it, it really grew yeah. um, to the point where, fortunately, my parents had really steeped me in Black history mm-hmm. and books and mm-hmm. music and. I think the second semester I was there, I came back with like three huge boxes of books on the Greyhound bus um, so that people, you know, would yeah. have access to a black library. Exactly. I didn't have to answer all the questions or try to answer mm-hmm. all the questions. Mm-hmm. And um, and also just uh, music, yes. you know, just trying to give some validity to black music, black folk music. I sang in a group there called the Geneseo Chamber Singers. Mm-hmm. And... The very first folk song that they ever sang, because it was a chamber music kind of ensemble, mm-hmm. was Deo, mm. which I led. Okay. Mm-hmm. You mean Harry Belafonte? Harry Belafonte, yeah. uh-huh. yes. Okay. Wow. And so, um, you know, it was expansive mm-hmm. for them as well as yeah. for, for me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I did both my bachelor's and my master's there. Okay, okay. Uh, in speech pathology. Mm-hmm. And part of that had to do with my fascination with deafness. Mm-hmm. Although I really, at the time, didn't realize that there were programs for deaf education. Okay. You know, and so I thought speech pathology, okay, the physiology and understanding all of that and Mm -hmm. speech therapy. Mm -hmm. So that was the path that I went into. But I I became more familiar with with the deaf and deafness Mm -hmm. after that. I came to Washington, Mm D.C. because I had been in an all-white school for Mm -hmm. five years. Okay. And I applied to Howard to teach, mm-hmm. and they said yes. Oh, okay. And if yeah. I could have flown, I would have <laughs> flown, but I took that eight-hour bus <laughs> to get to Washington, D.C. Yeah. from up there. And, okay. um, and I, was, I felt like I was in heaven. Yeah. You know? I can only go, you went from one extreme to the next. Yes, to the I next. did. Yeah. Yes, and, I did. And so what, I, I, I know it might be obvious, but talk a little bit about how did you feel once you did get to Howard? And I felt like I had gotten to Mecca. Wow. We're talking 1968, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. And everything was busting loose. Yes. Everything. Yes. And the department that I was in at Howard mm-hmm. did not have any black faculty. Wow. In that deep. Mm-hmm. I was in the speech path department. Uh-huh. The head of the department was black, mm-hmm. but there weren't any other black faculty. Mm-hmm. And so they sort of snatched, snatched me up because I was young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was black. I was Afrocentric. Mm-hmm. And um, and I sort of fit right in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was good. So I, I looked like the students. Yes. Um, I just knew a little bit more. That's right. Than they did. Then I wanted to share that with them. But even your experience yeah. up in up in up uh, up in New York right. really prepared you for that. Oh, you, it did. Yeah. You know how it to did. to get, kind of navigate both exactly both those things exactly. Now for the, uh, those listening, you are listening to uh, uh, Uncle Devin's show here on WO. And for those who don't know, the show is dedicated toward educating parents, teachers, and guardians about the importance that music plays, music and art plays in a child's development and how you can take back control of what your children listen to. Now, and particularly, uh, Dr. Barnwell, I have a concept that I have come up with that's called music adultification, Mm. where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music instead of age-appropriate music that cultivates the mind. From your experience, um, even growing up, and then I am going to come back to uh, your experience going to Howard University. Um, what is the what is the importance of music? Music plays in in, in any culture. Wow, I think that there are there are several different levels. Okay. Of of how we utilize music and why we create music. Mm-hmm. Um, African people. I think instinctively mm-hmm. respond to music because it's rhythmic mm-hmm. and it has pitch. Okay. And 
because that's where we include the documentation of who we are, literally. Mm. Okay, so if we come from societies where the book is not the main thing, mm -hmm. the word still exists, mm -hmm. and we are still passing that history and mm. culture yes. on to those all around us of all ages through the music. Okay, so music is is a vital mm -hmm. source. Right, right, and. Um, and so once we begin to understand that, mm -hmm. then we can begin to utilize it for our own needs and, and purposes. Absolutely. And that's what I began to understand mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when I got to Howard University. Okay. And nobody told me that. I mm -hmm. saw it. That's right. For the first time. That's right. You know, and that was a blessing. Now, was it, I always get the names mixed up. Was it Melva Moore that was there? Not Melva Moore. Um, well, she grew up in this area. I knew, and, 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 and if my parents are listening, they can send me the name. But she's a, she grew up in the Amy Zion Church over at Lomax Amy Zion. Um, and Lolita, if you're listening, I know you probably can type it in. I always forget the name of this major artist at the time of the, the height of the 60s. And she was at Howard in the School of Music at is the time. Is that Roberta? Roberta Flack, that's what it is, okay. Roberta yeah. Flack. Well, yeah, so yeah, was yeah. that around the same time? Yeah. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. okay. And that, that to me, just to be in that, you know, uh, I mean, it was that type of environment that mm -hmm, was that mm -hmm, was moving mm -hmm. and going. So when you went there, you went to school there for, was it speech? I actually went to teach. You went to teach, okay. Yeah, because I, I graduated with a master's mm -hmm. in speech pathology. Mm -hmm. um, and I got snatched up. Okay, great. And I was grateful. Yes. Uh, because that was the first, my first exposure to, to such a vast black environment. Okay, wonderful. And students were really pushing the envelope in terms of their blackness mm -hmm. and trying to change kind of the frame of reference. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was, just, it was perfect. Okay. Because I had been in a white school for all those years mm -hmm. and I was searching for my blackness. And so right. it was a perfect time for me, perfect mm -hmm. environment for me. Right. And um, and it really opened my eyes in a lot of ways. Now, at what point did you write? I believe you wrote a couple of children's books, or actually, they're songs first. Oh, okay. Oh, that's good to know. Okay, they so, were songs first. Well, let's, yes. Let's talk a little bit about that. Now, what what okay. were the songs, and then when did, when did all that come about? That came about. Well, I had actually written a few things. Mm -hmm. um, I used when I was in college. I played the guitar. Okay. I, I wanted to be Odetta. Okay, <laughs> yes. And actually, I got to meet her, and we became very, very close oh. friends before she died. Oh, wonderful! Um, okay. But she was always my idol. Okay. And um, I think, in terms of folk music, mm -hmm. as we know it, she was she and um, uh, the Native American Buffy Saint Marie. Mm -hmm. Okay, were my two go-to people. Right. And um, so when I came to Howard, I was singing and playing guitar, mm -hmm. you know, sort of on the side. Mm -hmm. And um, I joined All Souls Church. Mm -hmm. I was singing there uh, one Sunday, and Bernice Regan mm -hmm. happened to have been in the congregation in that, uh -huh. in that Sunday. Okay. And came up to me asked afterwards and asked me if I knew anything about Sweet Honey and the Rock. Okay. And I didn't really okay. know anything about Sweet Honey and the Rock. Right. Um, she said, well, you know, this it's this kind of a group. We're all women. We sing a cappella. We sing our traditional music. And mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa, okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I spent a month mm -hmm. uh, kind of in a workshop. Mm -hmm. which was how they began to bring in new music mm -hmm. and to revise music they'd been doing for a while. Mm -hmm. It was the best experience of my life. Wow. The best experience of my life. And at the end of the month, mm -hmm. they just welcomed me. Yes. You know. It seemed like a, a beautiful family. <laughs> it really seemed, I mean, the times I, I've seen the group, it it is so stirring and it reaches, reaches you in the soul. I mean, it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. Um, we're going to... Um, Pause again for the cause, but when we come back, and, and, and I got you, Lonzo. Um, one of the things I always was interested in was the name, mm. Sweet Honey and the Rock. Mm. And someone told me about something about the name. I don't know if there's a, a reason why it was called Sweet Honey and the Rock. Um, I, I'm going to let you talk a little bit about that. But okay. also, when uh, I sat in one of your workshops at the Wolf Trap, uh, mm. you, ac you asked us a question. Um, what's the difference between spirituals and gospel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have you address that when we, 
uh, after we take a break in about 60 seconds. You're listening to Uncle Devin's show here on WOL. Uh, 1450 AM. If you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at 1-800-450-7876. That's 1-800-450-7876. This is Uncle Devin on the Uncle Devin Show. Don't you go anywhere. Welcome back. This is Uncle Devin on WL 1450 AM, The Uncle Devin Show, where we educate parents, teachers, and guardians about the importance that music plays in a child's development and what you can do to take back control of it. What I call eradicating music adultification. Uh, that's uh, where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music instead of age-appropriate music. And my my guest, again, is the one and only, I'm going to make sure, I'm not even going to look at my nose, Yisei. No, no, I missed that. That's close. Say it again. Isay. Isoa. Or Isai. So it's really two syllables. Okay, yeah. Isay or Isai. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love that. Is that, a, um, you say, does it have any origins? In, it's any... Belgian. Oh, so you said Belgian. That's... Yeah. So, and then... See, my father was a violinist. Right. And his favorite violinist was a man named Eugène Isai. That's what you Okay. Yeah. Okay, so from Belgium. Now, is that a, a traditional Belgian name itself or... That's in, that's incredible, but uh, but it also goes to show. I mean, you know, just the the commonality we have as, as, as humans. Right. But you had asked us a question during the uh, Wolf Trap training. Um, what's the difference between gospel, or really spirituals and gospel? And I don't think any of us got it got it right, even though I studied it before, but I didn't understand it. How would you? How do you describe that? What is the difference between spirituals and gospel? Time. Hmm. Spirituals, I define as the full body of music that we created during the period of slavery. Okay. Um, It wasn't commercial. Mm -hmm. Nobody wrote it down. Mm -hmm. It was whatever you were experiencing in the moment Mm -hmm. that arose out of you as a song. Right. Um, Sometimes spirituals were used to keep the pace of work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they were used to convey certain kinds of information like, hey, y'all. Mm-hmm. Full moon tonight, we're leaving, mm-hmm. and this is the way we're going. Right. All of that. So right. spirituals are full of documentation. They describe all areas of life experience under slavery. Right. Mm-hmm. Gospel music comes later, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're now talking about post-slavery, Slavery is over. Okay, right. And people began to move to the places where they wanted to live. Okay, right. And folk who wound up in the big cities had access to a lot of stuff. They had access to instrumentation. They had access to different churches and Mm -hmm. influences. Mm -hmm. And the music that grew out of that is what we refer to as gospel music. Mm. It not only... I mean, it, it mostly describes our religious and spiritual experiences. Mm-hmm. Spirituals covered everything. Mm-hmm. If you talk about work songs, if you mm-hmm. talk about children's game songs, mm-hmm. if they were created during that period of slavery, mm-hmm. they're spirituals. Wow. Okay? So, so technically, at least for our community, the origin of children's music has its origins in spirituals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and they come out of that, that struggle of whatever they were experiencing at mm-hmm. that particular time, which mm-hmm. obviously was some of the worst conditions that you can ever imagine. Right, exactly. Yeah. But we could make it livable. Absolutely. You know, we yeah. could make it. So there were game songs, hand clapping songs. Yes. They were keep the work going, you know. Right. Huh, I'm do this. You know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so um, the difference is really time. Okay. And location. Mm-hmm. Because we were no longer... Mm-hmm. On the farm. Right. On the plantation. Right. We could be wherever. Gospel has instrumentation mm-hmm. because now, you know, after freedom, we had access to a lot of different things. Right. Absolutely. And so, and gospel is is primarily Christian music. Mm. And you can't really say that about spirituals unless you understand that spirituals were about life in general. Right. Well, and if you say that all life is sacred, then Yes. Well, part of it, too, is if you had um, those Africans that were enslaved that were coming from Africa or even those that may have already been here, as some of the research would show, um, 
in, in a large part of them may not have been Christian, but they still had that spiritual, you know, so, so right. it's a, understanding that you can't really say, and I agree with you that it was Christian. Right. It was just, it was sacred. It, it was sacred. Okay. Yes. All life was sacred. Right. And so the music that we call spirituals mm-hmm. is, is the, the sacred music of enslaved Africans. Right. Let's put it that way. Okay. Wow. That that's, that's phenomenal. So, okay. I, and I'm glad to even have that introduction because, um, so what do you say? And I, I, I'll tell you why I'm mentioning this in a minute. If someone takes the melody mm-hmm. of a spiritual, mm-hmm. but changes the words, does it change the the spirit of the song in any sense? Do you believe? Well, if it changes, mm-hmm. it's the lyric that's changing uh-huh. the the sense of the the thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it, the purpose. And, and the reason why I mentioned that was that in, in as a member of the, the Children's Music Network, there was once, we, we, we have some wonderful debates, and I love the group because they're very open to talk about a lot of things. The majority of the group um, generally come out of the folk tradition. Right. And, um, um, and the debate was, what do we do with some of these older songs that may have some racist, and they were written, had some racist um, uh, language in it, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, catch a in by the toe. Mm-hmm. If you hollers, let them go. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a song about catching a slave. Well, some songs actually were written in, and they literally had um, that type of uh, uh, um, lyrics in it, but people still love the music today. And so there was an argument on whether or not we should just throw everything out, create something new, or can we just take the music and just put some positive lyrics to it. And I'm I, personally, I don't want anything to do with anything that had anything that, that, that had any type of negative reference toward any group of people. But what's your thoughts on something like that? My thought is that we documented every aspect of life mm-hmm. in the songs that we created. Okay. 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 So the first question is mm-hmm. if there is something about it that feels derogatory, mm-hmm. where did it actually originate? Okay. 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 Right. And is that something that was like created in the inner circle of us getting together and playing together, mm-hmm. playing games as children or whatever? Mm-hmm. You know, you hear a word, you put it in a song, and you don't know really what it means, but it sticks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it that, or is it somebody else that wrote the song imitating? Mm-hmm. Yes. What they saw us doing. Yes. And they are using the vocabulary. Okay, and, that, and, they, yeah. and we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. And a large part of that was when that happened. You had the minstrels that were doing that. They would take true, true. those those spirituals and they'll put blackface on, mm-hmm. and now they would they would um, mimic these 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 songs. Right. And I remember this one song I was listening to uh, that was called Shortening Bread. Mm-hmm. And my, my I'll never forget we, my 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 flute player and I were driving. We're driving back, and we were listening to the song, and the song sounded so good. Mm-hmm. Shortening bread, a mm-hmm. uh, shortening bread. Mm-hmm. But something told me to go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna get you to sing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but when I went home, I had to do some research, and I, it turned out that that song, um, it was around in the 1900s, and it referred to infant darkies, and the N word for mammy. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics were two little ends lying in bed, one of them sick and the other one most dead. Mm-hmm. Call for the doctor and the doctor said, feed them darkies on shortening bread. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea that that was the origin of it, but it was just a, but the, but I, I felt the, the, the beat to it. I felt right. the rhythm to it. And so I, I got conflicted on that. Um, and I'm going to be talking about that at my, at the conference, uh, in Seattle, but real quick, before I even go there, I understand we have Terry that's called in, uh, wants to join the conversation. Welcome to the uncle Devin show. Well, thank you. And good afternoon to you and your guests. Hi. Boy, this is a very interesting, interesting topic. I've heard the the show being advertised last week and I set myself up a reminder. So I, wouldn't uh, forget, and so I'm glad I, I remember to listen. Thank you. Let, let me um, share with you, I, I definitely agree with the uh, spirit, the difference between a spiritual and a gospel. Mm-hmm. I remember asking this question to one of my music teachers back in high school around 1980, and the way he explained it was similar, especially the spiritual. He said, which... The difference is a spiritual, you, you sing of the goodness of God, and it's about persevering. And he said that 
difference between that and a gospel, a gospel are verses taken from a Bible. Okay. Like, oh, give thanks mm-hmm. to the Lord, something like that, or I was glad, you know, when he said unto me, and he said that's what makes the difference uh, between a spiritual and a gospel. Okay. But I also agree with uh, your guest, her explanation behind it. So I just wanted to weigh in. This conversation is, is so interesting that I want to hang up and finish listening to you guys. <laughs> well, so I just want to say thank you very much for taking my call. I'm oh, calling from Connecticut. Oh, okay, wow, wonderful. That's great. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Yeah, thank You're quite you welcome. very much. You're welcome. I, I, I just want to clarify that for me, spirituals are the full body of songs mm-hmm. that we created during the period of enslavement in this country. Some mm-hmm. of them have Christian messages, but some of them are about chopping wood mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. fixing the food mm-hmm. and cleaning the master's house. Yep. They don't have anything to do technically with the relationship with God. Mm. That doesn't mean that we were not spiritual or religious people. Absolutely. All life yes. for African people is sacred. Mm-hmm. So there's no differentiation for me. Mm-hmm. But spirituals are documented for me in terms of time. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and I don't know who put that word on there. Yeah, that's been a, a problem for me. Okay, but for me, the definition is spirituals are the full body of songs created by enslaved Africans. That's a great question. Where did that term come from? And it, and and is it a true representation of that body of work that you're talking about? Well, I think if all life is sacred, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. then then spirituals that could that could fit. Wow, man, that that's pretty good. And you know, so I I know that, you know, um as I'm learning more, um one of the things that came up and I'll mention this and get your get your way in on it was a friend of mine sent me a link this week. Uh, Snoop Dogg, for those who know, major hip hop artist. He just came out with a lullaby CD. Really? Really. Wow. And it's a lullaby of his greatest hits. OK. And one of the lullabies is called Gin and Juice. Another one is called Drop It Like It's Hot. Another one is called, I think his song, Sensual uh, Seduction. All of his songs that got him famous, which typically were uh, uh, were sexist, mm-hmm. were um, using all types of profanity. Well, all they've done now is they've just taken those melodies using a little small, little, you know, pretty keyboard and they just make it, they now made it um, lullabies for infants. And this is what I consider the worst form of music adultification. Mm. Um, now, the question is, if the lyrics aren't there and they're just playing the melody, you know, I, 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 I believe it's a form of them trying to just, you know, br- put this music in the child's brain early so that later on in life they can buy their adult music. And uh, <laughs> that that's just my, my thinking of it. But I, I, I talk about that in terms of just the spirit of music. When, when someone creates a song, the song has a spirit. It, it, you can't take that away from it, in my opinion. Um, and the, and changing the lyrics will t- can lessen it some, but I don't know if it can take the true energy away from the, 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 the melody and the, uh, the, the rhythm that someone put into it. That's, it it really is um experiential okay so mm-hmm. if you've heard the original piece mm-hmm. and you've heard the language associated with those melodies and those rhythms mm-hmm. it's hard to separate that out right but if you are hearing mm-hmm. the melody and the rhythms mm-hmm. minus a context mm-hmm. then you are being exposed just to the musical properties mm-hmm. And in that sense, you're not getting mm-hmm. all the propaganda, so to speak. Okay. Okay. That's right. well, so, you know, whether yeah, or not, well, yeah, I'd have to hear it to see what he's doing. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, I ain't gonna say I'm gonna put it up on my site. I'm not necessarily promoting his CD, but if you just Google, um, uh, if you just Googled, uh, 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 uh what's his name, um, Snoop Dogg, uh, lullabies, and mm. I believe it was released this week. Um, wow. Yeah. That's and, interesting. Uh, but it's coming as a company that all they do is, I think it's called Rockabye uh, oh. Productions, and all they do is take popular songs from bluegrass, country, pop, 
hip hop, and then they just turn it all into lullabies. Interesting. Yeah, it, it is okay. interesting. I, I'm, I I'm, definitely would check that out. <laughs> I'm going to do some research. It's something hmm. that just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, with those creative geniuses that we have, if they're true to children's music, why not just come up with something original? I agree. And, and, and this is just me mm-hmm. speaking. Mm-hmm. But if we look musically mm-hmm. at hip hop and rap, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't see it as melodic. Yes. It is rhythmic. <laughs> right. So I don't understand quite what they are mm-hmm. putting down. And okay. so I think I'd like to check that out. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, we're going to take uh, our last break. And when we come back, I want to know what is the, how can we say, I want to talk about a man called Hawk and show the relationship between my guest and Avery Brooks. Does that ring a bell? Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we come back, <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about her acting, uh, a- being an actress in, in that wonderful world. A Man Called Hawk starring Avery Books and her relationship with Harry Belafonte. We'll be right back, coming to you in just a minute. This is The Uncle Devin Show. listening to Uncle Devin on the Uncle Devin show here on WOL 1450 AM. I hope you're having a wonderful Monday as I am. I am learning so much from uh, my guest, Dr. Yisei Barnwell. Got that right, see? Yeah, I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm making it work. Uh, And you're listening to us here. uh, Again, we're brought to you by IamWeNation.com, the first 24-7 online children's music radio, bringing you global beats for little feet. Just go to imwenation.com. And if you want to join the conversation, you can still give us a call. There's still some time left on uh, 1-800-450-7876. And we are focusing always on this show on the importance that music and art plays in the child's development and what you can do uh, to take back control of your children's music listening experience. So let's talk a little bit about your act acting career and my wife um, mentioned to me when I mentioned that we were going to have you on the air that she one of her favorite shows from and I I have to admit I don't remember it I had to go and do some research on it uh, was a man called Hawk um, uh, with Avery Brooks and it was a spinoff of the show Spencer for Hire I believe it was Mm -hmm. so talk a little bit about your acting career I don't feel as if I've had an acting career I think I've been really fortunate that you know I was with Sweet Honey in the Rock, and we got asked to do some things, and I would, you know, get pulled out to do whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like um, I was really fortunate mm-hmm. to come in contact with people who are in the business okay. and to learn a little bit about it. But that was never something that I, you know, strove to do. Okay. And um, so that's kind of over there in the past. It was fun. (laughs) It was fun. I enjoyed it. And I would do it again, Mm -hmm. but it's not, you know, that's not what I. Now, right now what you're doing is the community sing. Well, I do that every month in Washington, D.C. for two hours. Really? People come and sing. We sing for we sing for two hours. We sing in parts. We are a choir without written music. Oh. And um, most of the music that we do comes out of African, African-American tradition. Okay. So we do spirituals. We do various African songs. We do civil rights songs. Mm-hmm. We sing mm-hmm. whatever. Wow. Now, yeah. so where where is that located? At the Levine Music. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. It's a school of music mm-hmm. here in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. They have several branches, and mostly it's at the, the Northwest Branch. Okay. But sometimes it's in Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, they schedule one in Anacostia. Okay. So it's important to go to the calendar and see. Mm-hmm. What the location is five dollars. Okay. Oh, that's no. Oh, yeah, that's well, we spend that just on you know on nonsense every go. day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what I like to do is see if I can get you to sing a little something. If I I, I don't have that voice, I'm not. I'm a drummer and a percussionist. And I, I try to stay in my lane. But if I can help in any way, because you did a wonderful workshop with us where you had all of us doing different parts. Yeah. And uh, it was just it was beautiful. I mean, people really to this day are still talking about that. But. Wow. Can you share a little bit of something for us uh, from your repertoire or anything that just that, that that you feel in your spirit? Wow. Um, the first thing that comes is is a song that that I learned 
fairly young mm-hmm. um, that I learned from Odetta, who was a really big idol of mine. She was like my big sister. Uh, Before wow. she passed, we got uh-huh. to be good friends. Okay. And I, you know, I didn't know what a work song was until I heard her. Mm-hmm. And she would just say, take this hammer and carry it to the captain. Take this hammer. So that was how I began yeah. to learn about work songs. Okay. okay. Um, I've written a few things. Okay. Um, for each child that's born, a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. For each child that's born, a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. Oh, we are our grandmother's prayers, and we are. Our grandfather's dreamings, we are the breath of our ancestors, we are the spirit of God. Oh, wow. (laughs) And and your voice, I mean, you have, it sounds like you almost at three different ranges. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you go from what, what, from all the way to the, is it soprano down to the baritone or is it even deeper than that? It's deeper than that. Yeah. Because I I, I hear that. I'm like, my goodness. Okay. Well, I, I, and you can listen to some of your music. I, I, we play it on IamWeNation.com. Um, and you all have done, I mean, and it's the, the beauty of your, your music is I mentioned children's music, but every song that you have is, is for the entire family. So, so we can almost play anything off of that. And some of the music, um, I know, um, I love the Chinese proverb that you all uh, had Mm. done, but I, I think when I grow up, I think it was a song. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, uh, there was another one that I believe we play on there, which, um, uh, was it, uh, me, at, me is we, Oh, yeah. These are some songs that go I back. Think, um, hmm. That one, I don't remember. I don't hmm? remember whether that was one that came out after I left the group. Okay. And when did you leave the group? Um, oh Lord, about almost eight or nine years ago. Now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and. Uh, but the, seven or eight years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, there was so much. I mean, the 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 history of, of of all those songs and what you know what what um, you know, Sweet Honey and Rock represent. In fact, I'm doing a podcast. I'm putting one together that focuses on the very first musical instrument in the world, which was the human body. And the entire hour is going to be of acapella. All right. Of beatbox, of handbone, which I can do. I okay. I'm, I do a video where I teach the hand bone, but just talking about emphasizing the, the, the important, the, the voice and how yeah. important that is, yeah. which is a wind instrument. Is that correct? Well, would you, you could say that okay. definitely. Cause we, we get into that, you know, some say, well, is it a percussion instrument? Because you can play beats with it. I say, well, I don't know, but um, being a percussion, where the sound is generated from, that's right. Is what tells you. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. exactly. <laughs> and so, um, so again, so you have the community sing, but also you do workshops Around the world. Over the world. Okay. All right. And if someone wants to uh, book you to do a workshop, and let me just say, these workshops are phenomenal. Uh, You will walk away with um, just a a greater appreciation of of love. That's what I can just say. Mm. What's the best way for someone to, uh, to reach you? Um, on my website, mm-hmm. Bar- uh, Barnwell's Notes, I think that's it. Okay. Um, but call Levine School or go to the Levine School calendar mm-hmm. because there you'll see the schedule of Community Sings, one a month. Okay. And I think that would be good. And they spell that L-E-V-I-N-E. I-N-E. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Levine School. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to post that up on my website as well, or underneath the video for this uh this post. So make sure you go to uh, Uncle Devin's show on Facebook. Great, mm-hmm. great. But I do workshops literally all over. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Australia to mm-hmm. Africa to Europe to uh, wherever. Okay. Um, and my workshops really, I try to introduce people to what the spiritual is. What is the fundamental, you know, rhythm? spirituals and then moving forward into more contemporary music so that people understand where the rhythms come from mm-hmm. and where the melodies come from mm-hmm. and the function of music okay. for Africans and Africans in America. Because well, we don't do it just for commerce. We right. do it well, because we have music as a way of documenting who we are. And the problem is that the industries will yes. only try to find those 
small minority that will use it for commerce purposes and not documenting our history. And that's always the, the struggle. But there, the, the biggest thing is that there's always more of us. We just may not be as organized and may not get as much visibility. We don't get the visibility. Yeah, and, the, and we're out there. What What is the state of folk music right now, would you say, in this country? Wow. You know, that's really interesting because mm-hmm. we we don't focus on folk folk mm-hmm. music mm-hmm. Uh, in the way that we did. Mm-hmm. We understood when I was growing up, and I'm, I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. Um, Wise. That music, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> that um, music defined, you know, and helped to describe who we were. Mm-hmm. That has not changed Mm -hmm. but the pace of living Mm -hmm. the commerce Mm -hmm. all of that has changed the function into a more commercial kind of thing now Mm -hmm. we're looking for all the glues and Mm -hmm. moves you know that that will get people to buy Mm -hmm. our stuff Mm -hmm. it's not the focus on I need people, you know, in in the in the three thousands when we get there, Mm -hmm. in the thirty thousands, to know who we were, Mm -hmm. because it was in our music. Mm -hmm. That's the only way we Mm -hmm. know anything really about slavery. Yeah, you know, is because we sang about it, right? And we keep singing about it. Mm -hmm. But if we don't do that, if we don't document who we are, Mm -hmm. you know. Something gets documented. Right. And that something could be not what we expect. You know. That, so yeah. that's why I love the NDIREs and the Cassandra yes. Wilsons and, yes. and, and those that are keeping that tradition that's going. Right. Um even the Nevilles and all of the I mean, it is mm-hmm. just a you can't help but feel a certain way when you hear this music. Right. And right. um and so um well, we're just about um, out of time for today. But again, I want to make sure we leave the information so they, someone can contact uh, the Levine School mm-hmm. uh, to get it's more. It's called inform- Levine Music. Levine Music, rather. Mm-hmm. And uh, they can uh, go there to learn more about the community scene. Yes. Uh, and you and you meet how often again is it? Once a month. Once a month. Mm-hmm. Okay. And anybody can be a put. Anybody. Okay. And, and, and we sing in four-part harmony. We got rhythms going on. Okay. You know, it's, it's very cool. And and again, if someone wants to reach you, uh, they can do so at um, uh, what is your website again? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I saw my wife post something. I think it's ymbarnwell.com. That's what it is. Okay, I want to make okay. sure it's right. Yeah, ymbarnwell.com. Okay, good. Uh, I want to just thank you not only for being on the show, but for what you've given to the world. Um, thank you. It really is is powerful, and and for me as as one that's still trying to help. Uh, through music. Um, it's just an honor to be able to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. Yes. I appreciate it. And I want to thank all of you for listening in, those who tuned in. Um, I am Uncle Devin. You've been watching the show. And tune in every Monday from 12 to 1 um, as we um, talk about the importance that music plays in a child's development. So I, I hope you had a wonderful time. Uh, make sure you share it with someone else. And remember, life is a drum, so beat it.